Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial. My name is Lauren. And my name is Tess. (laughs) (laughs) And today, (laughs) we're slap happy as fuck. And uh, today, (laughs) we're going to be talking about relationships. So a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily Googled. There is some Googled information. But um, a lot of this is just life and life as we know it, it might be life as you know it too, but uh, we, we can learn from our mistakes in this episode. That's what we're going for. So yeah, we're exactly. not experts. As the disclaimer always says, <laughs> we are far from experts, but I've made a few mistakes and I've cried a whole lot of tears. So let me save you a few. Oh, dude. Same, same. So um, Tess, how are you? I am Excellent today. I have worked out. It is a rainy and overcast. I have my mocha and I have my wine. I am just, I don't know. I'm just so happy. I love you. How are you? Um, I'm not great, but today has oh. been, today has been fine. Um, yeah, uh, just, uh, I, I don't know. I might edit this out, but, uh, my grandfather passed away. So we, you and I haven't recorded in a little bit. Um, and so it's really nice to see your face. Yeah, and it's so good to see you too. It's, it's nice to, uh, to get back in the groove of things. So well, I'm excited am, about that. I am really sorry about your grandpa, but today I'm here to make you laugh in spite of everything. Oh, oh and you, you do. You do. You are, you are <laughs> I'm going to stand on my chair and flash you again because I did that before we started the episode. She did. She absolutely did, and it was glorious. She's uh, she's got this absolutely adorable outfit on, and so she showed me ridiculous her uh, basketball <laughs> shorts under this very long shirt that goes all the way down to almost the floor. It does go down to the floor, and it's like meshy. So I yeah, can, yeah. I think we might actually have to post this video. Like I want, I didn't want to because I look. I'm wearing a shirt with camels on it. Um, and I oh, like I love camels. Oh, yeah, it's really cute. I like wearing cute camels. On, yeah, oh I like gosh. wearing it on Wednesdays because of hump day. Hump day. <laughs> yeah, and all of the Zoom meetings because everybody's doing Zoom meetings now. It's kind of fun. It's true. We yeah. are so casual and I love it. Anyway. Yeah. But on a happy note, I did, uh, I did go on a really long walk with Sadie. I do have Samson because <gasps> uh, it's, been, it's been about a week since we got him and we haven't recorded in two. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of stuff has happened. Um, but yeah, we do have a, we have a Sammy and he is officially almost, I'm guessing like almost like 15 pounds. Like he's probably gained pounds since he's been here. He's he, going to be a big boy. Oh, he's going to be giant. He's going to oh. be giant. Paws are insane. I'll show you him a little bit later, but we'll have to post pictures on the Instagram because I'm oh, sure I, our fans will love puppies. Assuming absolutely. we have fans. As, well, our listeners. <laughs> I don't know if those are the same thing. They might the be. The people that not. watch the train wreck that we are, it's all good. But no. That's- ah, dude. <laughs> yeah. But the theme of today's episode is offbeat relationship advice and saving you from tears. Whether it be that you've had, you know, a little bit of a rough life this week or that maybe you don't need to go out with that human because they are going to hurt you later on. Yep, absolutely. And that's just a part of fucking life. But yeah, so uh, Tess, I'm, 
I, I am going to let you lead this time instead of just dominating the conversation. No, you're totally fine. I love it. I love it when you dominate the conversation. It's good. <laughs> saw, dude. That's our new thing. It's just saw, dude. We're bringing it back. 2016 all over again. Oh my God. Summer of 2016. Like that is something I want to relive. So I think we can be okay with that. Dude, summer of 2011. Like when I was 16, that was the best summer of my life also because summer love. hey But uh, you know, that cute little high school relationship you had. Um, but like also 2016 was a great year too. 2016 yeah. was a good year. Okay, well, now that we're reminiscing, I'm going to hit you with my question. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> She's uh, not prepared for this, y'all. This should be I'm not. This is all genuine. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what's happening because I was a shitbag and I did nothing this week. So. Oh, you weren't a shitbag. Life got in the way and we make allowances for life. And that's why I'm here to pick you up. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay, so what's What's, what's the question? In a really quick story, tell me your worst date ever. Not relationship, isolated <sighs> date. Okay, so I have to preface I have to preface everything by saying that I never did online dating. Oh, um, I did a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I got for our listeners, I got married at 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't date in college outside of the boy that I married, (laughs) that I met in college. (laughs) Um, And that was unintentional. Well, that sounds really bad. Ian, I love you. That wasn't (laughs) what I meant. I'm getting that. I picked you, Ian. We know. It's fine. She she was like, that one. He's hot. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And and he was and he is. But (laughs) what I meant by that is that um, since, basically since I was like, like 12 years old, like sixth grade, I've always kind of had a boyfriend. Um, I get that. Yes. But so there's got to be at least one bad date in there somewhere, like just a date. So it wasn't a date, but I can tell you the worst meet the parents story. Oh, okay. We love a good meet the parents story or a bad one in this case. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. All right. So the worst meet the parents story that I have. And I know this isn't a date, but like we were 12, 13 ish. So it kind of was mm-hmm. a date because it like was the first time I mean, that when we you're ever, 12 or 13. Yeah. Like you always have a parent chaperone. Um, I might've even been younger than that. I don't know. Uh, no, I was definitely like, at least I was at least 12. Um, so my boyfriend at the time gave me this absolutely gorgeous amethyst necklace. Um, it Ooh. was a little amethyst heart. Uh, that just was so sparkly and shiny, and I am a huge jewelry nut. Who and isn't though? That's like- true. That's true. <laughs> Who isn't? Um, so it, was, it had a little heart, and then around it, it had these gorgeous little diamonds around it, and um, it was far beyond what you should be giving. Uh, I started you know, to say, if you're 12, like, how did he do this? But that's a different story. Continue, continue. The part of the story. Um, <laughs> so I guess his parents came to school one day and I was walking around and I was wearing this necklace. And um, the next thing I know, I'm being told that my parents, his parents and us needed to go to like Perkins together because the necklace was actually his sister's. And he had taken it from his sister and gave it to me. Um, And, and he was a Jewish, he still is, he's still, he's still alive. Um, Barely, (laughs) but that's, that's another story entirely. (laughs) Oh my God. This is, this this is filled with landmines. Oh God. (laughs) It really is. Uh, an Interesting life guys. Um, But we're here. So, so this uh, first ever like, first ever boyfriend of mine uh stole his older sister's uh bat mitzvah excuse me she's a girl so it was a bat mitzvah present and gave it to me and I had it for like uh like half a year like goodness we yeah like uh and as kids like we we were together from like 12 to 14 ish right so like we we were together for like two years and um you know together (laughs) It's kids. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll just say yes. Yeah. Right. Right. We liked holding hands and kissing each other. Uh, <laughs> cause 
that's all you do when you're 12 years old. Uh, well, I hope not most 12 year olds, at least 14, I, I 14. Was, I beat up all the 12 year old boys, but I'm weird. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I met his parents at Perkins cause he had stolen a necklace for me. And that was the weirdest meet the parents slash date because we were kids. So I, you know, it was, it was a date with our parents. It was just weird. Wow. So like, did you get in trouble? I'm assuming you gave the necklace back because you said you only had it for half a year. Yeah, I gave the necklace back. I, I mean, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't mine. Like, right. you know, it was mine insofar as like, oh, here's a gift to you, you know, but like, again, we were kids. You didn't know. And, and I had no clue. I had absolutely no clue. <laughs> so giving it back wasn't a huge issue. I think he was in trouble. I mean, oh, obviously. Oh, I would assume so. Yeah. He was in trouble. But um, yeah, and now another weird twist of fate. Uh, my mom and his mom are absolute best friends and they travel the world together. Oh, well, that that's a lovely happy ending that was unexpected. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It absolutely was not something that I saw as being a thing, but he and I are still in contact. He's a wonderful person. He was at my wedding and he's just, he's great. Uh, he's actually really successful now. And yeah, a lot of the things that um, kind of happened past that we can talk about in another, maybe, maybe we'll just leave like our personal lives off for this and, and be like, hey, come to Patreon and, and hear our shit stories about our lives. Um, if you want to know more just crazy facts about us that are not Googleable currently, because they're just not out there, we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, we will. We're fucking open books, apparently. But... Apparently so. Well, what about that? you? I, oh, I want to know about you now. <laughs> okay. My, to me, this was the worst, not because like anything physically terrible happened, thank God, but it was the most emotionally scarring for me. So oh, I'll, I'll share my little, I was about 17. I was at community college and it was my first semester, second semester, I forget which, but I was just making friends. Started hanging out with this group that there were a couple of girls, but they weren't really active in the friend group. It was like three or four different guys that had been hanging out together. And I'm a bro girl. Like, oh, same. I can't help it. I'm a bro girl. We were throwing down tannerizing like pumpkins and shit like that. Like, literally bro shit. I love that. Yeah. I'm from the country, in case that wasn't clear. Anyway. <laughs> um, and one of the guys like started being a little more friendly with me. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm not really attracted to him. He's, kind of odd, but like, he's a cool bro, but whatever. Okay. So he asked me out on a date and I'd never been on a date date. Like you talk about dating when you're 12. Well, I was 17 and I've never been picked up and taken on a date Oh, at this time. Yeah. So he asked me on a date and I was like, well, that kind of sounds cool. I've never really been on an actual one of those. So I don't know if I really like you or not, but like, let's, let's see, let's give it a try. Mm -hmm. So we go on this date. We go to this Italian restaurant and then he takes me in his truck and we sit in the truck bed like by the river. C typical country kid shit. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else to do. Um, and then as he's dropping me off, he's just like, by the way, I want to tell you why I took you out on this date. And no. Like, what? No. I don't understand. And he's like, I took you out on this date because like I like the other girl that we hang out with. And I like wanted to take you out so that I could tell you. What? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what kind of bullshit is that? And I'm sitting there like now I'm, I'm cut to the emotional quick because I didn't even know if I liked him or not. He was my bro. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there like, you just did the nicest thing, the nicest date that anybody's ever taken me on to tell me you don't like me. <laughs> what? Okay, <laughs> guys. Don't do that. It, like... <laughs> Oh God, that that gives me such like horror flashbacks to something else. But like, if you if you just want to be friends with a girl, like literally, that's all you have to say. You don't need to be like, I don't blank. Like, don't don't do that because it scars people. Like, if you if you're just like, hey, by the way, like I really like you as a friend. Like, yeah, that sucks. But it's way better than hearing, by the way, I don't like you, or by the way, I don't love you. Like, don't do that shit. It's not right. cute. And it and doesn't, I doesn't totally help anything. Fine. I would have been totally fine just continuing to hang out with the group. But of course, after this incident, there was no more group. <laughs> okay. Now I actually do have like the worst date I've ever been on. And it wasn't, I never considered it a date because I was broken up with. 
Yeah, see, there the we go. That's what I'm like. Yes, yes. Okay, tell me, tell me. We can cut the first one out if we need to. Oh, tell me, tell me. God, no, we can leave it. But <laughs> yeah, so like back when I was saying that 2011 was like the best summer ever. Mm. Um, the end of 2011 in August, because August is a shit fucking month for me and always will be and always has been. Um, <laughs> But we just my, made it through the August and all Augusts for 2020. Yeah, exactly. So I was, you know, 16 going on 17. I was 16 going, going on, on 17. 17. Yeah. <laughs> I also love the sound of music. So like, fuck right off if you don't. But <laughs> hey, we both broke into that one. I had that movie memorized as a kid. Same. Um, so anyways, uh, <laughs> I was I was 16 years old and I was dating this boy that I had a crush on since I was nine years old. Um, and we went on a date together. Uh, well, he was picking me up and like we had we had been dating, you know, like the 16, mm-hmm. 17 year old dating uh, for like about six months. And um, school was starting up again. We had a wonderful little summer thing. It was really cute. Like when I wasn't working or hanging out with my best friend, like I was with him and it was a lot of fun. And he picks me up and like, I literally vividly remember every detail. He picks me up from my house and he just looks distraught. Uh Oh, and I was just like, I was joking with him and I'm like, you're like, you look like you're about to tell me that you like, you just killed my dog or something like what's going on. And so we get in the car and we're pulling, start. <laughs> we're pulling away from my house and the first thing that he says is I don't love you oh god and from that point forward I don't remember a thing I just remember him kind of like talking at me oh god um and then we pulled into a McDonald's and this poor boy <laughs> we pulled into a McDonald's Cause he's just like, you know, I still want to hang out with you. Like, I still want you around. Like, I still want you in my life. Like, I still want to be friends. And, <laughs> and he pulls into a McDonald's and he looks at me and he goes, are you okay? Which like, also, if you're going to break news to anybody <laughs> ever, and then you're going to ask the question, like, don't ever ask anybody who is obviously not okay. Are you okay? <laughs> like, just let these are, them. These are the breakup don'ts. <laughs> Just, just let them live in in the little numb reality that they're right. in. Right, and so, uh, so then I just start bursting out crying in a McDonald's parking lot. Oh god! Oh god! I, I can feel it. Like I'm flashbacks now. I can feel it in my heart. Oh god! This poor boy. Like we get back in the car, and I am sobbing. Like mm-hmm. I am just so distraught like I don't even I don't even know what I said like I feel like I said a lot of things but I just don't I don't remember what I said trance state when like your heart head connection shuts down and your tear ducts go into overdrive and you're just in this (laughs) yeah exactly um so (laughs) he's this poor boy took me home and dropped me off (laughs) and and we're still friends like again like I'm that weird person where I I like to stay friends with my exes um I, I only have one that I'm absolutely not friends with um, and, and like would not do anything for. And that's another thing entirely. But like, again, we were all kids when we were together. So it's right. like one of those things where it, I don't see the, I don't see the problem with it. I know for some people it's weird, but like, so uh, yeah, I think that's, that's my worst date because I didn't know that I was being yeah. broken up with. And that's uh, also the only time that I've been broken up with. Usually I'm the person. Low-key flex, though. <laughs> it is a flex. It's an absolute fucking flex. I'm sorry, but I, I have to diss you for that just a little bit. No. Funny. I'm not even, I don't even feel dissed. Like, <laughs> She's proud of it. You can't see her face, y'all, but she's proud of it. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> I, I am happily a heartbreaker. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, well... My first actual, like, point of entry on the offbeat relationship advice is, so you just got broken up with, or in Lauren's case, you broke up with somebody, because apparently this doesn't happen to her. Ah, dude. (laughs) My first quote, which comes out of my favorite movie, I'm exposing myself here, but I'm okay with it, which is Princess Diaries. (laughs) Yes! I'm that child. I'm that child. Okay. It's actually from Eleanor Roosevelt, but I know the quote from Princess Diaries, and it's, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And I love that, especially in the time of breakups, because, like, it's going to be okay does not fucking help. 
No. Telling you like, oh, it's going to be okay. Like time heals all wounds. That doesn't help. So let's try something a little offbeat. Like no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So prioritize yourself in this breakup or, you know, you broken up with you breaking up with someone and define your own self-worth. Do not be defined. Yes. I I just, I want to share one really quick anecdote because this is one of the reasons why I fell in love with my husband um, Mm. is because when we were just like talking, we were just kind of interacting. um, He had this little nugget of wisdom that he shared with me. And it's literally somebody's inability Mm -hmm. to see your worth does not diminish your worth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I think that that was one of the, the, the huge things for me too, when like, you know, I've always kind of been that person to find my own self-esteem in relationships, which we can talk about later. But, um, you know, it, it, it was huge for me, especially because like I went from my quote unquote high school sweetheart, who was not the last guy that I was just talking about, um, to Ian. And, and it was a really interesting transition there, but you know, he really opened my eyes a lot to no matter what happens on the outside with anybody else, it's an intrinsic value that is meant to come forward. Yeah. For me personally, I have picked up a lot of pieces of myself from previous relationships, but I don't define myself by those relationships. It's like somebody had a nugget that then became grafted into what is now me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my last ex-boyfriend before I met my husband was the first person that taught me that one fight doesn't mean the end of a relationship. And he taught me the meaning of patience. And I will be forever thankful to him for that because without that, I would not be currently married to the man I'm now married to. (laughs) That's damn true. But (laughs) for probably other reasons. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you for letting me share that little. Of course. No, that's what this is for. Interject, my darling. Okay. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you've just been broken up with first piece of advice. And again, this is Tess's advice. This is not, you know, some expert. I'm not an expert. I've just been through a lot of heartbreaks and helped people through a lot of heartbreaks. Yeah. And don't sue us. We're not, we're not relationship experts either. No, we're right now. We're your girlfriends who are telling you things that other people might not because maybe they're not as mean as we are. Sometimes you're mean because you love someone and we're fucking mean. So yeah. Okay. So (laughs) At first, I would say it is better to date around than it is to jump from relationship to relationship because, again, you need to define your own self-esteem, not your self-worth, and you don't need to find it in relationships, but maybe you need to learn about yourself through the eyes of other people. Yep. No, I mean, I can't, I can't honestly tell a story of relating Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I kind of can. I was, I was single for a whole six months when I was 17 years old. Um, and I'm not Aren't even just going to flex on us all over here for this entire episode. <laughs> is it a flex though? It like, is, is a little it, bit. It's a little bit of a flex. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like it is, but <laughs> <laughs> it means you're desirable, my dear. Uh, I, I don't know. why with my camel shirt. I have no idea, but oh, um, on, it's so cute. <laughs> But I think that it's one of those things where I I agree with you wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. because it is something that's very interesting. And I never really learned it until, um, until I was married and I saw myself through the eyes of like my in-laws. Yeah. Like not even just my husband, because you know, when you're with somebody else, kind of, you have those rose colored glasses a lot. You do. Um, but, and, and he's helped me learn a lot about myself too. But yeah, I, I think that if you wanted to do that and you wanted to get some self-esteem, it's, it definitely is a great thing if you feel in control and if you feel empowered by Absolutely. dating around. Yeah. Something I use it for when I went through a few periods of heartbreak and, you know, being by myself when I wasn't expecting to be those kind of blindside breakups, um, <laughs> It was almost like I went out to prove to myself that I was desirable and I went out to prove that I could say no because I am desirable enough to say no. Yep. And that's a really weird thing. And I am not in any way advocating for using people. I think you should be absolutely upfront. And there are a lot of people who just want to have a fun conversation. Mm -hmm. And 
on a really weird note, that can help you in life. If you know how to flirt and you know how to just have a pickup conversation at a bar, that'll help you in a job interview. And now there's some offbeat advice for you, but it's true. Yep. No, I mean, and that's, that's absolutely true. Cause basically like a job sounds really shitty, but a job interview basically is just picking up somebody at the bar. Like you want them to like you enough that you get hired. So, yep. so you're working on you, you're working on your people skills. You're working on being your own person. And the more you are your own person and the more you are whole as your own person, the more desirable you will become. And then the more potential dates and the better caliber of dates will come your way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, My mom had a little saying when I was, or a little story when I was in high school and I loved it. And she said, there are half people, quarter people and whole people. Here's what this means. Every person has so much pie in their pie pan and they're looking to fill their pie pan with another person. So if you are extremely self-fulfilling and independent, you might be a whole pie and maybe you're looking for your whipped cream to make yourself even better. And that's your person, but you don't really need anybody else to help you fill that pie pan. You got it. You got this shit. And then there's people who are a half a pie and they always need that other half a pie. Me. Me. Literally me. (laughs) Because they need their pie pan full. Otherwise they're incomplete. Yeah. And so they need to look around and say, Hey, what, what else can I do? Like, who else can I be with? And what I'm saying is instead of automatically dumping somebody else's other half a pie in your pie pan, why are you giggling, Lauren? Because it's me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like you're acting like it's a flex and it's really not. I'm just codependent (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) Oh God, that's funny. (laughs) It's okay though, because we're all made to be beautiful human unicorns and this is just different people or different ways. But what I'm saying is, as you're looking around to fill the rest of your pie pan, let's say you're a half person, or half a pie person, not half person. You're literally half a person. (laughs) Your legs are gone. If you're an amputee, I'm really sorry. I'm not trying to offend anybody. (laughs) This is offbeat advice. We warned you guys. (laughs) Anyway, instead of just automatically saying, yes, this other person with a half a pie full is going to be my other half pie. Look for pieces to graft into yourself to grow your own pie. Yeah. Then you can be with another whole person and you can have this great mutually beneficial relationship. Or maybe you don't get to the whole pie. Maybe you get three quarters. Maybe you just feel that much better and you're ready for it. So dating around, gaining some self-esteem, defining yourself, finding your own self-worth within your own pie pan. (laughs) Yep. No, it's, it's important. And like, even the, even though I am a, I'm a half a pie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, the, also the huge benefit is that even being half a pie, like I, I, I feel like I have become my own person and have been, I portray myself as very independent, but realistically I am very codependent. That's what, that's what those build up relationships are for. He builds you up, you build him up and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and it's also a huge benefit that he's in the military because then I get to have a lot of alone time too, but I just know that my my little pie tin is full. Exactly. (laughs) You're good. You know, it's sitting there on the stove. So it's fine. (laughs) It's insane. It's fine. We need to make that into a sticker or something. It's fine. (laughs) And along with your pie, you can also learn about your dating style. This was a big one for me. Oh my God. Okay. You know that song that's going around TikTok right now? I'm mad at Disney. This is my little I'm mad at Disney moment. I know nothing about TikTok. Okay. Well, it is a song. They just made it into a little TikTok thing. Anyway, it's like, I'm mad at Disney because they lied to me. They had me wishing upon a star, expecting everything was going to be fine. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. I got that. Yeah. Okay, this is my little I'm mad at Disney moment. I thought that every little girl was supposed to wish for her white knight. Oh. I am oh. not a white knight princess. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, not at all. Okay. And I, I dated a white knight once, almost killed him, because couldn't stand the way he treated me, even though he was being a perfect white knight gentleman. I was like, why the fuck are you in my business right now? Get away from me. <laughs> nope. No, Tessa's definitely not a uh, 
a white nighter. And if you are a white knight person, that's totally fine. This is about learning your dating style, not about learning what it's supposed to be because of whoever defined that shit. Yep. Nope. I get that. For me, it was, I wanted a partner. I want somebody to walk beside me. I don't want to walk behind and I don't want them behind me. Mm -hmm. I want right in the middle. I'm the weird girl that was like, I never want a guy to pay for a date because I want you to like me for me. And I want to like you for you, not what you can financially offer me. Yep. The intangible. No, intangibles are huge. Yeah. 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 So in, in your dating around, learn your dating style. What's your dating style, Lauren? Again, I I know you're not prepared, but, (laughs) um, God, you guys are going to get a lot of honest, like true answers, I guess. So good. Give the people what they want. (laughs) Um, what I, what I've realized is that I really do genuinely need a partner as well. Um, but I also need somebody that it's not a white knight and it's not allowing me to lead either. I need somebody that does put me in my place because I want a partner, but mm-hmm. I easily dominate a lot. Um, and it's a, it's a toxic trait of mine because I have a lot of them, but <laughs> don't we all, but well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, I've got, I've got uh, some control issues and not in ways that I've, I ever thought were like abusive or anything. It's just like the way that I was raised. So uh, I have two bankers for parents and I saw their relationship and um, they both are very strong, independent people and they both work very well together. And they're both also probably, you know, codependent on one another, but um, there are still some patriarchal roles involved, which are fine for, for my family. Um, Mm -hmm. But I always really wanted to be in charge of finances because my parents are both bankers. And when I was first married, that was really hard. Yeah. Um, and it was also really hard because I didn't have a job. So I was the person that was handling the finances and determining how we should pay for things when I didn't have the job and didn't have a say. And I also realized after I started making more money than my husband that it was even more a little bit toxic because I started uh, having some resentment, which I'm like, hi, Ian, if you're listening to this, because we never really actually talked about it. Um, but yeah, he's he's a wonderful person and he does put me in my place and he helps me recognize that I'm not always right. And um, even if it's not wonderful, the conversation we have, uh, I do respect his opinion. And I know that he also, like he's, he's expressed it to me too. It's like, I am very dismissive when I'm in a fight. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm not listening and it doesn't mean that I'm not taking what you have to say to me to heart because I yeah. am a very deep thinker. Yeah. So that partnership is, is huge to me. And like, I've had wonderful boyfriends, you know, for, for the girls that do want to be taken care of, cause there are girls like that, um, that would absolutely oh, yeah. love these guys, but, um, it just wasn't, it was never my wheelhouse. Well, and I give you huge points for self-awareness because, you know, you know, and are identifying your own toxic traits as we all should know your toxic traits. People don't lie to yourselves. It will just stab you in the ass later, literally right in the ass. Yeah. No, you need to, especially in a relationship, you need to be self-aware because nobody, nobody is perfect. And like, as soon as those rose colored glasses come off, you need to be sure that you can at least take accountability for the things that you want to change in yourself. And you should always want to be better. Like, I don't oh, yeah. think that there's a problem with always wanting to be better. You should never, yeah. and like, I'm also crazy where like, I don't feel like you should ever be comfortable, <laughs> but like you should be comfortable in your relationship. You should know that your partner is there for you, but you should never, never be complacent. Comfort- that's better. I guess that's never better. complacent. I'm, yeah. I feel really comfy with Tim, but I never want to be complacent because like, I always want to become better with for myself and for him. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you know, you want to be the best you can be for your partner because why should they be with you? That's a legitimate question. And that's a hard one. You have to turn inward. Why should someone be with me? What do I have to bring to the table? Because if the answer is nothing, then you shouldn't be looking for a date anyway. No, that's, that's exactly true. Like you do. And, and that kind of hit me hard. It's like, yeah, you should, you should always have something to offer, whether it's literally like just potential mm-hmm. and it's potential that's going to turn into something. Or if it's actually like something that you bring to the table, but then you shouldn't. And I guess like, this is dependent on like who, what your dating style is. But in my personal opinion, you shouldn't be searching for somebody, uh, unless you're a predator, 
uh, <laughs> that has nothing. We don't recommend being a predator. It, no, don't recommend being a predator. But like that has nothing. Unless that's like your BDSM style. Sorry. I guess that's valid. But still, like I feel like in those relationships, if it's a consensual thing, then both oh, people yeah. bring something to the party. You know? Oh yeah. Like, it was it was a left-handed joke. I'm sorry. It is funny. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm so literal right now. I'm only black and white. <laughs> like there's there's nothing else right now. Okay, you know you know what's black and white and delicious? An Oreo cookie. Oh, the best. Yeah. <laughs> the absolute best yeah but yeah i i think that that makes total sense especially in the realm of like dating styles are are very important don't let disney or media or whatever else define what it should be for you because beautiful human unicorn you you get to pick what you want and you get to define your own stuff just being self-aware enough to do it okay so let's say you've been dating around you gain some self-esteem you're feeling like you got three quarters of a pie in that pie pan I love that analogy. I just, I fucking it just love makes it. sense. It, it does sense to me. It's like my pie pan must be full. I like pie. <laughs> it does. It makes mine is chocolate pecan because that is my favorite kind of pie. Oh, <laughs> sorry, that was really random. No, I think that if you know what type of pie you have, I mean, honestly, I'm not really even a pie person. So, like, I'm not thinking- normally either. But I, if I am going to have pie on Thanksgiving, it's going to be chocolate pecan, and it's going to be my old granny's old recipe. It sounds delicious. Honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not even again. I'm not a pie person, but like, it's diabetes I, on a fork. I need that. I don't. <laughs> sorry, guys, if you heard some puppies yapping in the background. I'm at my parents' place, and uh, they have yappy little Maltese's. So, oh well, my my baby is laying right here behind me. He's curled up. I can never scoot my chair back. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Um, you've been dating around, you got some self-esteem and pie in your pie pan, and you found somebody you like. Oh dear, we've got butterflies in the tummy. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so this gorgeous human that has decided to show you affection, so now they're stuck with you. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's the best way to be in a relationship. Right? But here is my frustrating piece of advice, and I find it frustrating too. Okay. Be disconnected from your emotions in the beginning, just a little bit. But how do you do that? Mind over matter and mind over millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but okay, so we we have the how. Why would you do that? Because if you get too attached too quickly, you burn bright and out quickly. Ooh. And it rhymes. I know. That was an accident. Hey. Hmm. Yeah, no, flames that burn really bright but have no substance burn out quickly. Fires that start slow and the flame is fanned go for a long time. That is very true. I mean, that's my entire marriage, so. Right? I I found in my personal thing, like, if you meet someone and think, oh, my God, this is my person within the first week, ooh, that's a red flag. Yeah, well, that's absolutely a red flag. And that's what I'm talking about by being too attached too quickly. Have, have a great time. See a lot of potential in that person. I am advocating for all of that. But don't say, oh, my God, I think I love him. Don't pull a Ted Mosby on the first date. For the love of God, don't. Like, it's not and, – and this is also to your point, is that it's not really romantic. And a lot of the times that you see those types of behaviors and activities, um, it, it really does – point to a a personality disorder honestly or desperation and loneliness yeah and that's not to say that you can't have strong feelings for somebody but also like if you do have strong feelings for somebody very quickly you know at least give it some time to either understand if those are being reciprocated or not and not Mm -hmm. in a way where like you're playing games because it's so easy to fall into that trap of just playing games but you know it's true that it is also great to just be disconnected and just to feel yourself out when you first start dating somebody. Because again, it should be fun. Oh yeah. Have fun. Have butterflies in your tummy. Have rose colored glasses. Just be aware, be self-aware of all of those things happening. And the fact that these chemicals are going off in your brain telling you, oh my God, this is the person forever. And say, wait a minute. Like, yes, I'm having a great time, but don't jump into something and overcommit before you kind of start to take off those rose-colored glasses. But I want to, Tess. I know. Don't we all? It's so romantic. I know. See? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I love romance stories. I told you 
earlier, my favorite movies, Princess Diaries, like that's the ultimate Cinderella, oh my gosh, kind of story. Okay. It gives me the feels when I'm, when I'm in my bubble bath with my glass of wine and I just want to be in my feels, you yeah. know? No. Yeah. It makes total sense. Okay. It's okay. I'm also the idiot that cried to Frozen, so. <laughs> oh, dude, same. <laughs> Frozen, Frozen 2, I was bawling. I don't think I've seen Frozen 2 yet. I want to. Oh. I just haven't yet. Anyway, yes. Dude, you gotta. I didn't even watch Frozen for like, oh God, I saw it once when I was uh, a kid. By a kid, I mean like it came out when I was a teenager. So I still watched yeah. it. Um, and I think I cried then, but like I watched it again, the first one after watching Frozen 2 a million times. And <laughs> anyways, okay. tears, still tears. So being self-aware and not committing with rose-colored veneer over your eyes, glasses, whatever you want to call it. And a way, another way to help with this is if you really think you like this person and you want them to be a permanent or semi-permanent fixture in your life, like hair dye, um, <laughs> Sorry. Bring, them <laughs> bring them around your friends because your friends don't have rose-colored glasses on. And if you trust your friends and they've been in your life for a long time, you can kind of say, hey, what do you think? <laughs> Why are you laughing, Lauren? Because <laughs> these are all things that I absolutely did not follow before <laughs> I got married. <laughs> oh, no, Ian, you have to go back through reevaluation. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> no, he's gotten way better. But also, like, I'm a bro girl. Yeah. So a lot of my, yeah, so a lot of my friends are dudes. And uh, Ian is uh, the type of person where he doesn't really think that uh, boys and girls can just be friends. And like, that's just his personality type. Like that's just kind of how he exists. And so when I was first, you know, meeting him and everything, we didn't really spend a lot of time around my friends. And then he left five months after we started dating for Mm -hmm. uh, basic training. And then (laughs) then we got engaged four months later. It's okay. It's worked out. We're Uh, five years down the road now, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, almost five years. But like, I guess the other thing too is like, this is wonderful advice. And I definitely say 110%, I agree with it. Uh, But I also am the shitty person that never actually followed it. I mean, I've had, I've, tried to follow it and actually when I brought Tim around my friends they said what are you dating no oh yeah even my mother was like this is not who you normally date you know that right I'm like "Mm mm-hmm what I normally date didn't work so I'm trying something different (laughs) and I like him and I'm gonna keep him (laughs) right and then when I decided that I was gonna marry him my mom was like um uh are you sure and I said yeah I, I am fully aware. <laughs> I, I, know, I know what this, this commitment is, is going to take and I, I'm all right with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was another piece of relationship uh, advice that I had to learn, which is you cannot look for a custom fit in an off the rack world. No, that's very true. You have to take your off the rack fit and they have to be willing to tailor to you and you have to be willing to tailor to them. And it is a growth process. And eventually, they will be broken in enough to be your favorite pair of sneakers. <laughs> I love that analogy. Because <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> like, like, nobody is going to be, like, I just, I, and I got to be honest with y'all. Like, there are 7 billion people in the world, I think. Like, there's absolutely at least six. A fuck ton. Yeah, there's a fuck ton of people. Like, there's not ever going to be a one-to-one match for you. Like, there's there's just not. And it's not just because, like, oh, soulmates don't actually exist, which we can get into that later. Or, like, soulmates might exist in a way that isn't what soulmates are. But... I believe in soulmates, but not in the traditional definition, yeah. Yeah, so we can go on that tangent later, but... Later. <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Um, but I think that it's really important to note that, like, yeah, you have to grow with somebody and you have to find somebody that's willing to grow with you. Like, and mm-hmm. you can, you can want somebody to grow with you that isn't going to grow with you. And you have to learn that lesson on your own, that that growth, it's important for everybody in their own way. Mm-hmm. But if they don't want to grow with you, then they're not choosing you. And that sounds a little weird, but like, they're not choosing the future with you. Right. It absolutely does. Sometimes I think people want, oh, I'm going to call it an accessory. Sometimes people want an accessory accessory relationship where it's like your iPhone. You pick it up 
or your Android. I'm sorry for all of the Android users out there. Um, but your smartphone, you pick it up when you want to use it, when you want a distraction, when you want to be entertained, and then you can throw it across the room. Yep. And if you are the accessory in the relationship, then you are not valued. And again, like Lauren said earlier, it's not that you don't have value. You have a lot of value, but you're not being valued. Yeah. And that's the problem. So no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So realize your own value and move on. Yep. Leave. Cause, yeah. Because it will hurt a lot now, but you will feel way better later. Oh, yeah. And you'll completely forget about that relationship too because mm-hmm. uh, your girl did. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We could get into those. Okay. So you brought this person around your friends. Your friends say, okay, maybe, like, maybe, whatever. They're kind of cool or whatever. And you're thinking about being official. Now, you're official in the relationship. What is something you can do to really cater to your partner? Learn their love language. Yes. Yes. And communicate that love language to them. Because just because you feel love in one way specifically does not mean your partner will feel love in that way specifically. Yep. No, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And it's very important that people realize that everybody else has a different love language. I mean, I've got, mm-hmm. a, I've got a lot of them. Um, but like my husband, uh, is very much a physical touch person Mm -hmm. and, um, I am very much a time spent as well as a, uh, household chores. And I didn't really, do you want to service? Yeah. So for, for me, like I, I, I really do like acts of service because I like, I like things being very neat and tidy and Ian is a kind of kind of, kind of, kind of absolutely a messy person. So, (laughs) so it's, it's a real balancing act there. Um, and Ian's also a time spent type person too. So like, that's a benefit that we also have both of those things, but it's, it's really difficult if you don't like being, you know, snuggled or whatever for an extended period of time. And that's not to say that I don't, but like, a lot of the physical touch type activities that we do like snuggling and stuff like that is uh, if he's not in the right headspace is very focused on him. Mm-hmm. So if you also are a person where physical touch matters to you, but you need to be the person that's being catered to, right. you have to understand that there's a give and take. Oh, absolutely. I had to teach Tim to give hugs. Whoa. What? He knew how to hug, but he didn't know how to give a hug. I need clarification. Okay. There is the act of hugging where you put your arms around someone and you're like, yeah, this is a hug, but it can have the exact same emotional transference as a handshake. If you don't know how to give a hug. Okay. It's like you have so many hugs in your hug bank. And if I need one, I literally need you to give me one for my hug bank. Gotcha. And it has to be this, like, I'm cocooning you, I'm taking you in, I'm loving you and catering to you. And I had to teach him to give a hug because he's not, that's not one of his things. And so I felt like I was always the one that was giving him hugs. And I was like, I need it back. Like, I don't want to go look for it for somebody else. Like my mom gives great hugs. Oh my God. Hers are like worth two, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I had to teach him to be like, no, I need you to actually like give me a piece of this emotional like hug bank kind of thing. And now he gives great hugs, but it was this thing. I never knew that some people had to be taught that. And that's one of those tailoring things where it's like, for me, I needed that. Yeah. Like I've always been told that I give really great hugs and I never really understood that. But I think it's also just because like the act of embracing somebody, I just love. Right. And like, if I am hugging you, like it's because you mean something to me and I'm Mm -hmm. more than happy to like give you that empathic, not love necessarily, but like just that feeling, you know, like the feeling of a really good hug. Right. And I totally understand what you're talking about. I mean, it's the difference between that weird, awkward, like sideways shoulder hug. I used to call those shoulder shakes as a kid. Yeah. Like, I don't want a handshake, but I want a shoulder shake where it's like, that's not a hug. Yeah. And if people don't understand that like a true hug is like being in a cocoon with another person where like, that's your little safe emotional space. Right. Who knew that that was something you needed to communicate to your partner, but it's amazing. And it goes like so far just to have that little conversation. Cause he didn't even know. Right. Like he was not at fault. In yeah. any way. 
No, and I mean, I guess I I get what you're saying because like I I'm thinking about the other hugs that I've had before where it's like, oh yeah, like I get I get that, like <laughs> like I can I can track that. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, learn love languages and communicate your love language to your partner because they may not know. They yeah. may be the person over there that says, well, yeah, physical touch is my love language. Like, why do you need? Why do you need words of affirmation? Why do you need acts of service? Like I, and it's, they are not being selfish necessarily. If they are not self-aware enough, they don't know. Right. And they, you have to communicate communication. Number one. (laughs) Yeah. No communication is huge because somebody might be trying to love you the way that they want to be loved, you know, treat somebody Mm -hmm. how you want to be treated. And it might fall deaf on you because you don't fully understand that. No, like this is something like they are telling you in their actions that they love you. Yep. And if they aren't like, if they're not texting you constantly, well, like it might not be the fact that they don't care about you. It might be the fact that like, they don't care about words of affirmation. Like, and it's not even just like words of affirmation at that point. It might be that their love language isn't like spending time with you constantly. Because if you think about it, like that's something where if you are constantly texting somebody back and forth and it matters to you, mm-hmm. then it's probably because one of your, like, you don't have to be like codependent or anything just to have that whole entire feeling of, no, I just, I my love language is that I want to spend time with you. And that's a way that we can virtually still be connected. You know, that is absolutely true. And it also could be that maybe your partner has more pie in their pie pan just naturally. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean they don't care about you. That just means that maybe it's a smaller portion of their brain. That's always asking where their other person is. That Mm -hmm. does not mean they care less about you. It means that they're an in the moment person possibly. Uh, another thing that I had to learn because Tim will go off and he will do his own thing for hours at a time. But when he comes back to me, he wants to only be with me. And he's just like, I, I need you right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, well, why weren't you texting me the entire time? Mm-hmm. Cause I have less pie in my pie pan naturally. Mm-hmm. And he's just over there being a puppy dog. Mm-hmm. No. I never doubt that he loves me. It's just, he has more pie in his pie pan. Okay. So you've learned your partner's love language. You're going great. You're doing all things well. So you're getting serious. That's our, that's our next little bit. You're getting serious. Is this like Facebook official serious or is that a step before? You know, I did not become Facebook official until I was married. So that's pretty damn serious. Wow. I was never Facebook official with anybody until we eloped and it still says we're engaged. (laughs) I love that. I love that for you, honestly. (laughs) Anyway, my big piece here is retain a separate identity. Yes, absolutely. Do not, I'm not saying don't become a we. It is natural to become a we instead of a me or a we instead of an I. Mm -hmm. But retain yourself because I believe your partner will love you more in the long run. Yeah. Well, they fell in love with you. They didn't fall in love with us. And they didn't fall in, in love with themselves in the mirror. Right, right. Yeah. So don't be such a mirror of them. If somebody like tried to be a mirror of me, I think I might hate them. <laughs> Same. Same. I mean, like there's a difference between tailoring what the needs are. And again, these are needs. Yes. But people say they want things all the time, but wants are fluttering and fleeting. W- wants yeah. don't really exist. So you should always, you should, o- and you should always be yourself. There should never be a question about whether or not you need to completely change yourself. Like there's a difference between learning how to hug and, you know, getting, I don't know, just the the most ridiculous thing I can think of uh, in in an abusive relationship is completely like getting plastic surgery to look some way. And I have, I have seen, um, I think more girls than guys, but I can't speak for everyone. I have seen girls who got breast augmentation or butt implants or something like that to please a partner. And if you want that for yourself, go get it, do what you want, but do it for you. Don't do it for them because in the long run, unfortunately you are what you have to deal with and who you will be with for the rest of your life. Yep. Because nobody wants their relationship to fail. Nobody wants to go through that breakup and start the cycle all over again. But if it happens, you are with you. And so you need to cultivate you. Yep. Yep. Make yourself your first priority, not your partner. They could be your second priority for sure. Yeah. 
but make yourself your first priority because you have to cultivate that self-esteem, cultivate that self-worth within yourself and be okay with the pie in your pie pan because that's the pie that you know you're going to have for the rest of your life. Yep. Yep. So anyway, um, a healthy relationship has two unique individuals that are stronger and better together. They two are complementary souls. Yep. yep. Complementary souls of two beautiful human unicorns. And my last little bit, since we're in a relationship now, we've come full circle, sort of. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> it's sort a of. continuous circle. Right? <laughs> it's never going to fucking end. <laughs> it's a vicious circle. <laughs> Is there are three types of relationships that we want to quickly highlight today. There are more than three types, but these are the three types we want to highlight today. First one is the mutually beneficial buildup relationship. That is the ultimate wonderful kind. And you and your partner both bring something to the table. You both have a reason um, to date the other one and a reason for dating the other one. Yep. <laughs> that makes any sense. No, it what does. Is, what is your resume? What do you bring to the table? Are you a good person to have as the other half of a relationship? Yep. And that is the kind of relationship we aspire to as far as, you know, long-term is concerned. Mm -hmm. The second kind is a just for fun and playful relationship. These are not bad either. They no, can they're be fun. Great fun. They can yep. be great fun. And that's the kind of relationship sometimes you can build self-esteem in. You can get your confidence back. Sometimes you've both been hurt really bad and you need that other person to kind of help you rediscover your joy. You're not defining yourself in them, but maybe they're helping you excavate the ruins that was, you know, your past and where you buried yourself kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> so many ruins, so many ruins. And then the last kind for today is the kind we want to run away from, run away, run away. And that is the toxic and critical relationship. Oh, fuck buddy. All right. Well, I'm leaving. <laughs> Run away from those toxic relationships, define your own self and have self-esteem and self-worth enough to say, I am leaving. You yep. are toxic to me and I can go find something better by myself. Yep. You don't need that person and they're hurting you. They're damaging that beautiful human unicorn and we don't want that. So do not give them consent to make you feel inferior. Yep. Well, and also just keep in mind that like you can be a totally understanding type person and be with somebody that is toxic and it can turn you toxic. It can. And those are behaviors that you will have to unlearn depending yeah. on how long you allow yourself to behave in a way that you just don't like. Yep. I uh, was visiting with a psychologist one time. And she explained to me that the biggest bullies on the playground are the ones that are bullied and taught to bully. Mm -hmm. And so if you are in a toxic relationship with a toxic person, you can acquire their traits and you don't want that for yourself. No. Another one that was kind of stuck in my head um, was look at the five people that you are closest to. In five years, you will reflect those five people. Choose your friends and your relationships wisely. Interesting. We are mirrors. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I also really enjoy my friend group and the people that I've surrounded myself with. So that makes See, me feel good. It can be a positive thing. It's, it's not meant to be foreboding or anything like that. It's just a fact. No, that's a, and that's a great fact to know too, is, is that, and, and we truly are like, we are pack creatures and we need a community. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even though that community can be relatively small, um, it's, it's wonderful to know that you surround yourself with like-minded people, but also if you continue to be with those people and as you grow and change, you're growing and changing together. Yes. You will so. become more like them and they yeah. will become more like you in turn. So you can be you know, they're tailoring to you. This is a different kind of relationship. It's a friendship, Yeah. but they will also tailor to you Yeah. and you will tailor to them. I love that. Yeah. So that's our offbeat relationship advice for today. Hope maybe we saved you from a few tears or gave you the inspiration you needed to take action of some sort. Go talk and to somebody at a bar. made you cry a lot. 
if you're if you're taking action, you might be crying a lot right now. So <laughs> we're going for redemption. We're going for that rebirth, that phoenix kind yeah. of thing. Not not tears of sadness, but tears of rebirth. It can hurt to be born. It yeah. Especially if you're a giraffe, because then you're falling like seven feet. Oh, poor giraffes. Right? And then you gotta start walking immediately. Like Oh man, I know. At least humans, we get to be swaddled for the first year. Oh god, probably longer than that for some of them. I don't know. Don't have children. Don't Make either. It, uh, I'm not telling people not to have children. I'm saying that I do not have children. Sorry. <laughs> let me let me rephrase. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Tess. I really appreciate all the knowledge. Uh, I don't know. Well, hopefully it was helpful to somebody. That's that's my goal here. Yeah, I think it is. So if you guys want uh, want more, we'll probably end up doing a couple more of these. But uh, you can yeah, follow fun. us. Yeah, you can follow us at in, on Instagram at uh, Mind Over Millennial Podcast, or you can shoot us an email. Mind over millennial podcast at Gmail. I'm taking over because Lauren died laughing. Y'all, I'm not even fucking drunk. My brain just isn't working. <laughs> it's okay. This is therapy for all. It's good. We'll do an episode on grief eventually, but I think that'll. I well, don't handle grief well at all. I know that. <laughs> nobody does, but thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you. You have a wonderful week and weekend, and we will see you beautiful human unicorns on the next one. Bye, guys. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.